there. We're back again. This is the, the precursor, if you will, the backstage pass to the 28th annual Boscov's Berks Jazz Fest. My name is Joe Painter, and on behalf of the Berks Arts Council, we thank them here on the People Chronicles. We host the series, and I have been looking forward to this backstage pass, guys. Uh, th these are the brothers, the Cullen brothers, <laughs> Matt and Dave. And I don't know that everybody really knows the backstory, but I heard a little bit downstairs in the lobby. We're recording live at the Doubletree right now. And uh, we were sitting in the lobby and I commented, Matt, about the books. And I said, I love this lobby because I love the books. And you told me about a room in your house growing up. We had this beautiful library in the back of the house with a cathedral ceiling and a fireplace and just books all along the walls and a wonderful little stereo system that my dad had put together and records for us to listen to and uh, instruments for us to play on and get to make music. Now think about that. That was in their home and so that music seed was planted with you guys at a very young age. It was. It, it, it was a, a, a nice big room and the stereo sounded just amazing. So it was great. We could just put on a vinyl and listen to it, you know, and it would just fill the whole room. So yeah. when you put it on on vinyl, what were you listening to? Oh, well, we were listening to all the records that, you know, my folks had. But what were they? And they had some classical. They had some old folk music. I did find an old Stan Kenton record. Oh, yeah? Yep, big band jazz. And then I would get old enough to go buy a few, or, or bring my brother's records down. Yes. Bring the Jimi <laughs> Hendrix record down. That's what I was <laughs> And, you know, bring the Allman Brothers down, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. and play it in, on the big, nice stereo. That was, instead of my brother's little stereo up on the third yeah, floor. Yeah, so. the heck with that one. Yeah. So there are 10 Cullen children. Does everybody play music? Everyone was musical growing up. We used to sing, and I, one of our favorite things as I was growing up was we would go Christmas caroling and everybody would sing or bring an instrument. Cold outside, but I, I know uh, flute, Virginia would play her flute and we would sing. And uh, So oh, everybody cool. was very musical everybody growing up. Everybody was musical. Everybody was musical um, and kind of had their moment you know, taking lessons on piano or guitar or something. But I guess I kind of really latched on to it. Yeah. You know, and Brother John. The most? More than anybody. I would say, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And Brother John uh, was great with me because he, he played in a band and he had a bass and he would let me play with the bass. And, oh, and he, he was the first guy because he, he would bring over guys. guys. So he was and the we oldest? we were the youngest, yeah. Yeah. So, so I would get to go down to rehearsals and get to see the guys playing he and would, set up the equipment. He would be 15 or 16 and bring guys over because he... And I'd be about 11 sitting on the steps. Oh, so that was really cool. And Matthew would I be would about four downstairs. or five years old <laughs> on the steps. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I remember getting my first drumstick. You know, but it was really, really great house and to Matt live in. And Matt had a room down in the basement, which was an old um, kind of hardware shop. A little, it was like yeah, an old was a workbench, workbench, work room. But he put a drum set in there. Wait, what do you mean you had a room? Matthew, well, you had your own room? <laughs> I got sent to the basement. And, but it was a great See room what to practice to the in. They say, you know, woodshed, but this was like a workshop. And, uh, and you put up rugs on it put for rugs soundproofing. Rugs for soundproofing, a little sound system in there. And I got to play at all these great records. But you and could play down there and I not really bother anybody. There, and it was underground to the rest of the neighbors because it was in the foundation wall area. 
and it sounded great to me. What a gift your parents gave you. Just to give you that space yeah. to do. I was up on the third floor. So your room was on the third floor. Right, so well, I, they, the I played up on the clean. third floor, Matthew played in the basement. You know, I wanted to get my, my granddaughter a drum set just for like revenge to my son, but I didn't do that. Just because <laughs> people go, oh no, not the drums. But they didn't say that to you. They said, no. yeah, get the drums and there you go, how about it? It, it took a while, I started with drum lessons. I, well, first I played clarinet and experiment with other instruments, but I really wanted to play the drums. So uh, they got me some drum lessons and I worked through my rudiments and my sticks and I got a snare drum and then I slowly got into the drum set and I played in the marching band and the concert band and the pep band and the jazz band. Wow. So it was always something I was really passionate about and enjoyed all through school. And David as well, he played all Did through school. Did you play in the band? I, when I was coming up, I, I mean, I played guitar. I didn't, I played a little French horn, I played a little flute, but I I remember a big bass. Oh, I did, play, <laughs> I did. I went, I went to Thomas Ford School and I played the upright bass for a couple of years. I know, the big story, I walked it back and forth from school. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Going out but, with my bass. But then today. I gave it, but I gave it up. I gave it up because after a couple of years, because, you know, I wanted to play guitar. Mr. Borelli, Mr. Borelli, Carl Borelli. I don't know yeah. if you know that name. I know the name, but I don't know He him. was my bass teacher. Wow. And I said, I'm going to quit the bass because I would just want to play guitar. So. Was he uh, disappointed? He was. Yeah. But he got over it. It was okay. And <laughs> be, beside you two, are there any others who are still playing music, performing, should I say? From the brothers and sisters? Yeah. Uh, my sister Priscilla would sing down at some churches down in Florida, mm -hmm. where she lives, but not too much. Yeah, and John played in the guitar masses. Oh yeah, and John and played plays, guitar masses. And still plays a little bit. Still plays some good bass, yeah. And did anybody ever think that out of this whole crew, I mean, there's David bringing home the Grammy. How oh, it's that? Great. I mean, that, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, David went to music school and became the professional and worked his way to this level. and. And I'm just honored to get to play with him and do this show and get the brothers together to play. Um, and I went into teaching and became a teacher and kept music as my passion. And it really shows how music can be in your life in so many different ways. You know, both mm. of you teach. Right. And it's interesting if, if you listen to the different backstage passes in this beautiful patchwork quilt that we call Jazz Fest and the stories behind the stage there is a resonating common thread and it's education and teaching and and there's so many people that come in here that are associated with jazz fest that they teach that's mm. important why why do you think that is um well part of it is a skill that you acquire but mm -hmm. by doing it so you can teach it um, part of it's because you financially you kind of need to do something as well. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of people that can just play. I mean, even John Schofield teaches, you know, at NYU. So, so it's a combination of teaching and playing. It allows you to be more selective on the gigs you take mm. and then, because okay. you're teaching. Right. And then you don't have to teach as all the time because you're playing gigs. They help each other. They really do. It, it's interesting that you bring that up because lots, lots and lots of kids 
um, are involved in jazz band, involved in different bands at school. Um, they get that instrument. And there's got to be dreams. I mean, just listening to the enthusiasm and passion that you have, there's got to be this dream that this is what I'm going to do for a living. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a musician. But you're pointing out it's important to have more than that. So I guess there's just a select few that that's all they're ever going to do, right? Right. I, I, as far as performing, just performing. Exactly, exactly. Right. So or some you, people just choose, but I know some great performers who have day jobs and are amazing and some of the best players I ever heard. So I can't... There's all all walks of life. You never know who's gonna walk up and be amazing. Yeah. But you are amazing. But you're saying teach. So do you parlay that to your students when you're teaching um, music? The importance of being a little bit more broad based and keeping doors open and uh, don't think this is all you're gonna do. Maybe. What other what other oh, yeah. fields of, of um, occupation or careers can there be in the music industry, which is what you you guys are both doing? Well, I teach technology and engineering oh, education. Oh, you don't teach music. And I teach at a high school, so I talk about design, engineering, and robotics as my area that I'm really focusing on now with my students. But I do give music lessons as well, and I I do give private lessons, and I have one drum student now. And what I'm trying to instill in him, and he's very young, he's seven years old, but his, his father was a drummer, his grandfather was a drummer, and his dad really wanted him to, to do this. And he asked at the barbershop where I get my hair cut if I would consider giving his son drum lessons. And I did this for another friend of mine and taught drums, and I go to their house, which makes them more comfortable, and I create this learning environment where they can explore and experiment and just enjoy it so much and build the skills that they need. So when they start in the elementary concert band and move forward, they're going to be passionate about it. They're going to have a skill set and they're going to enjoy it. But I'm not trying to make it like they're a performance major or anything right. like that. Right. And I do explain to them the importance of letting it be part of you and enjoy all the fruits of it in the band when you're growing up right. in the bands that we play with and the friendships that we make and the magic that we make on stage and the great feelings that I get doing it, but also sharing with so many people. Mm -hmm. Whether they're gonna be performing on a huge stage or they're gonna be playing for their family or their church or their community. It is a beautiful way to put it. It is a gift to, I mean, as an audience member and, and that's how I yeah. consume this music and it is a gift you offer. But I have to say one more thing, like, okay, Matthew also has other skills that are phenomenal. He can run a sound system. He can design a light show. He can do the business end. These are other things that in, in the music business that right. happen. These are kind of right. offshoots that happen because you're involved in the music business or mm -hmm. music performing. But Matthew can do, he can do it all, I'm telling you. you know, and that's how I got involved with the Berks Arts Council and the Jazz Fest from the production end. And last year was our first concert together as Cohen and Company, where I got to step on the main stage and do a featured concert series. And we did The Jazz Is Dead, and, and you got to host us. Oh my gosh. And it was just phenomenal. Blew everybody away. It was <laughs> such the best concert. <laughs> we had well, so much fun. What, it's part of the reason is because we don't get to do it too often, so we're kind of taking a chance. Yeah. We're just kind of throwing this stuff 
And this band, we never played with this band. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this a bit. So Cullen this, and Company is what the Cullen big show? and Company, whatever is You're whatever, pointing to Matt. He's what Cullen, huh? Matthew, it's whatever Matthew <laughs> decides to kind of put in the kettle and stir around. That it's That's what it is. So last year you put the Grateful Dead in the kettle, which was yes. so cool. <laughs> and we brought Michael, B, and, and Jamie and Anders, and we just had a blast. Yeah. And so now you're, you're, you're expanding because you're gonna be at a bigger venue, you'll be at the Inn at Reading, and there's a whole blues theme to the Boscos and Berks. We, and we were looking for some connections between our players, so Cliff Starkey has played with Craig Thatcher. Matthews played with Peter, yes. Peter Fluck. Okay, uh, Cliff has played with Chico, I've played with Chico Huff. So we were trying to figure out a way how we could all bring this together, but also keep it um, as a uh, something that people would recognize. Oh, I know David Cullen. Oh, I know Craig Thatcher. Oh, I know Matthew. Something name recognition. Oh, I know Cliff Starkey. Keep the name recognition together so we can draw a crowd. You know, um, Cliff has been in here for a backstage pass, and so has Craig Thatcher, but not Chico Huff. And and you said, do you know Chico Huff? And I said. <laughs> Kind of embarrassing. No, and and you called him what? The best bass player that you never heard of. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious, right? You got to go to. He's one show. of Gerald Beasley's favorite bass players. Really? And, and he'll be an instructor at the bass boot camp this year, yeah. and he'll be featured at one of the concerts. And he's one of the nicest guys. Musical, can play anything, anywhere, anytime. You put together quite a company. For oh, I'm, this ve I'm very excited show. about it. Um, I talked to John after last year's show, and, and he said, "You can definitely come back. We'll be glad to have you, and we'll talk more about ideas of what kind of show we're going to do." And that's when he offered the venue of the Inn at Reading with the blues theme, and it's um, 88.1 FM. One of our NPR stations is presenting the blues at the end. So I wouldn't say we're doing all straight blues. No, we're doing. Well, I got the set list from David. It's it's very exciting. We, uh, we like to plan ahead. Well, you're it's, Matt. It's, he's company, but you made the set list. <laughs> we we talked. <laughs> just just we talked. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Well, Craig is going to come out and do his set. Okay. Doing his Almond Brothers and his Eric Clapton kind of bluesy stuff. Yeah. And Craig will just do a great job with that because that's in his comfort zone. That's where he likes to be. Yep. yep. So he's going to do his thing, and I'll probably come on and play a tune with him. Then. I'm going to come play a set where I like to do some Derek Trucks. Oh, nice. I like to do some of my own tunes, about four of my own tunes, written right here in Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm going to do, oh, what else? A Steely Dan bluesy tune that Cliff knows. So, uh, so we're going to just, I'm going to do a Harry Connick blues tune from New Orleans. The versatility so, is what I'm so, picking up here amongst so yourselves. So we're going to have a good time doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to be a, a great night. And while we're doing that, featuring Craig and then featuring David, we're going to be featuring the rhythm section and everybody uh, with Jeff and with Chico. And oh, Cliff's going to Cliff, just we're just going to tear yeah, it apart. But no drum solos. <laughs> oh, okay. I always say this, and then it we get like on stage. It sounds like you put your foot down there. <laughs> I would really prefer to feature everybody else, but it is the one thing that makes me a little nervous uh, when I get Don't upstairs with these guys, and <laughs> then they turn around, and it's like, it's so whatever he it's wants coming. to do. He's the boss. Matthew is the boss when we when we get together. He he runs the show. I'm detecting an energy here. Is it he different? Does. You know, 
for the two of you to be on stage performing together. I mean, you've both worked with a variety of musicians and I know there's a great passion in any setting, but is it somehow different, more special when you're on stage with your brother? It I think it depends who we're with. Sometimes yeah. mm -hmm. it can be more special, sometimes it's less special. <laughs> but, <laughs> but last year with, with those guys from Philly, you know, the dead yeah. guys, yeah. it was great. This is gonna be even more special because it's Cliff and Chico. Right, right. Yeah, I and never got to play with Peter yet, but I'm sure, but if Matthew's calling him in, he must be, he's gonna bring it. You have to bring, you have to bring this vibe, you have to bring something to, this, to the mm -hmm. stage that is like contributing to the, to the lift, to the lift. I don't know how else to call it. Like, we had the lift last year. Oh, big time. Oh, big time. Let me tell you, they bring it, and it is on Thursday, April 12th, 7.30, the yes. Inn at Reading. It's Cullen and Company, and I, if you see nothing else, I highly recommend you see this show. We have a lightning round of questions, but I'm hoping you'll stick around, and we'll do that in our next episode of a, a, a second backstage pass here on the People Chronicles for the Moscow's Burke Jazz Fest. We'll be back.